Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) We're always back. Well, we have been gone for a little while. It was the holidays. Like, what can we say, right? It was Christmas. It was New Year's. We were like... You listeners were busy. You weren't anxiously waiting for us. You had things to do. Yeah. And now that things have calmed down, you have time for podcasts in your life again. I imagine most listeners probably Christmas Eve, you know, gathered around the fire and brought out the kind of old-timey looking yeah. radio that's actually, you know, got an auxiliary cord and plugged in yeah. the you log- church podcast the and listen to our Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. But so I would recommend that as a Christmas tradition um, <laughs> for all of our listeners. I think we get great feedback. Yeah, so we're, you know, we're back. We're happy to be here. Everyone's smiling. And we have a special guest with us today, Libby. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Libby Backfish. Mm-hmm. So wonderful, you're here. Well, Libby, tell us a little bit about what you do. So I'm an assistant professor of Old Testament at William Jessup University, and I teach undergrad students about the Old Testament, try to help them appreciate the story of Jesus and, and love it. That's, that's going to be interesting because we're going to talk about that later because you mentioned the story of Jesus, mm-hmm. but you teach the Old Testament. So we'll, we'll have to explore that a little mm-hmm. bit because I don't think I remember reading Jesus' name in the Old Testament. <laughs> I don't remember it being in there. It's kind of between the lines, though, from my understanding. Oh, wait, let's save this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. We're talking about this later. Anyway, so we're glad to be back. Everyone looks excited, happy. Fresh. It looks like Aaron actually took a shower this morning. That's well, it is that Thursday. Is fresh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt is looking good. He probably needs a haircut. Well, I feel like about fifty percent of our Curious Church episodes, I need a haircut. But it is true again. Yeah, I yeah. do need a haircut. Yeah, Libby's looking great. She's got cowboy boots on, red cowboy boots. I wore them for the occasion. Oh, awesome! <laughs> I've always been interested in cowboy boots and cowboy hats, but not interested enough to to sport them. Well, I just you don't know how to. Off. I don't know how to do it. I want to see a cowboy. I just hat, feel I feel a little sure. awkward. If going, you can pull off skinny jeans, you can pull off cowboy boots. Just, yeah. Do you feel like these are skinny jeans that or I'm wearing? I don't know. Or am I just? <laughs> those are relatively. Or am I just jeans. a little? You have a skinny jean aesthetic. Yeah, I know. But are these truly skinny jeans, or am I just a little swollen? <laughs> you, you are. You are not swollen. Swollen in the legs. You, they, just you, they are filling jeans out the jeans a little bit. Hip looking. Okay. <laughs> Part of the gene, though, is how it fits your leg. So even if you are swollen, doesn't that thing kind of start converting the jeans to a skinny jean? That's what I'm saying. Like, is it truly a skinny jean I'm wearing, or is it just regular jeans filled out? Is it just (laughs) embarrassing? (laughs) (laughs) And everyone knows it except me. You know, we've been putting it out there for a while that we would would like some tongue twisters, and I think everyone thought we were joking. (laughs) Which we weren't. <laughs> Everything we say here, we're serious I about. I kind of thought you were joking. No, no. Oh. I really wanted someone to do this. And you requested, I think, that they mail the tongue twisters well, in. I would, I would appreciate that, but actually. That, that hasn't happened. No. We're that, still, in fact, we've never received a piece of mail. But we have not even a junk piece, mail. A piece of email. Yeah, we haven't even received like credit card applications or anything. <laughs> for, <laughs> in Curious Church Podcast name. I can't work out why. Uh, but we did receive, actually, just last night, so just in time, this is hot off the press, Whoa! an email from a David, uh, not sure how you pronounce this last name, Yeah, Gutierrez? 
Yeah, Maybe? I think, yeah, it sounds familiar. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah familiar, it sounds familiar yeah. to you, Sam. Uh, and he, he writes, here are two tongue twisters for you to try on your podcast. Say either of these 10 times fast. Whoa. I'm looking at Aaron because he's kind of our resident uh, linguistic expert. <clears throat> the first one is toy boat. Which we've done before, but... You know, I have to ask first, though. What is... I always heard the phrase 10 times fast, but I don't know what that means. Does it mean 10 times quickly? Say it quickly 10 times. Or does it say... Is it like a unit of measurement, like a speed? Like 10 times fast, like 10 times the normal speed? Oh, Wow, I still I don't really know what you're talking about. about. I, I think your no, I, is ten times quickly. Yeah, okay, that's I how I think I've we can talk it. ten times our normal speed. Though. See, as an English major, fast is an adjective, not an adverb. So, <laughs> David, I'm that's David. really nerdy, Aaron. <laughs> this is super nerdy. Just say it fast, David. I want to be very clear. I really appreciate your email, despite the way that Aaron yeah. is just. By like the way, this is my brother. This, All right, this, this is, is my brother, and he has kids, and they they were actually listening to the podcast. And they oh, took this seriously. This is not for They kids. took the tongue twister challenge <laughs> seriously, and they wrote in. Yeah, with Toy Boat, and then the other one, so before we start with Toy Boat, red leather, yellow leather. I can hardly even say that. Okay, who would like to try Toy Boat? I, think, I, I feel like Aaron gets red leather, yellow leather. No, I think he wants to do Toy Boat. Okay, okay. I think he does, because last time he thinks... Toy Boat, 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 Okay, I would like to try. Okay. Toy Boat, Toy Boat, Toy Boat. Wow, why is it so hard? Isn't that funny? I only made it to three. And it morphs into something different. You ended up saying, like, Tugboat. Yeah, yeah. You ended up saying something different. I didn't think this was this hard. Let me... Matt, what do you got? Okay. Toy Boat, Toy Boat, Toy Boat. Wow. Toy Boat, Toy... It's harder you than toy boat, toy, toy, toy. Okay, let's start slower. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Okay, like Libby, give like, it a try. Give Libby. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boat, toy boy, toy. <laughs> can't do it's it. Like toy, toy. You can't do it. <laughs> toy. Yeah, toy right. boat. I don't know what, what it is you? about oi. So like the toy, yeah. toy, <laughs> toy. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, and then boat. I don't know what it is about that combo that like messes up our brains or whatever. I'm going to be honest. I looked at that and I thought, that seems like a pretty simple one. I think we'll be able to nail it. Yeah. Nope. Okay, let's do the second one. Red leather, yellow leather, 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 red leather, yellow leather. That was good. That was actually pretty good. Like 15 syllables in the last leather. I had to visualize it. It helps me to visualize the leather. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like you were, so you weren't visualizing the word. You were actually visualizing red leather. I think that's key. Was this a leather that was changing color or was it two strips of leather? Oh, no, two nice, two strips of leather. Okay. Should I try it? You probably, yeah. Try that visualization technique. I'm going to do terrible at this. Red. Do I start with red? Red leather. Okay. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow yellow. Red leather, yellow yellow. Red leather, yellow yellow. Red yellow leather yellow. Red leather yellow. That's it. I'm done. I can't do it. It was a valiant effort. It was terrible. I thought it was pretty bad. Let me give it a try. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, leather, leather. Oh, yellow! You did pretty good. That's so good. 
I keep thinking old, le- old yeller. <laughs> old, old, yeller. old yeller, yeller red leather. Let's have Matt give it a try. Matt. All right. I'm going to try the Aaron technique where he just keeps going. Even as okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red le- yellow leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. That's terrible. You did the worst. I got to seven. Aaron did the worst. No, no, Matt did the worst. Libby did the best. No, no, I did the worst. Libby did the best. Then it was Aaron. No, Libby, Aaron, Matt, then me. I'll take that. That's how it goes. Hey, I want to throw out a challenge to everyone, to our listeners. We would love original tongue twisters. So feel free to make up your own and oh, send them oh. to us. That'd be fun, too. One that has never been said before. Never been said before. Never been said before. Never been said before. Never said before. <laughs> uh, I think we got some other feedback here. Yeah. Um, and now people know we're serious about tongue twisters. That's great, too. Uh, we got a Very review. serious. And we like to read reviews because they make us feel good. So yeah, thank you, Beagle uh, Pig. <laughs> Beagle Pig, Love Love Bird. This one's our uh, our first non-animal in a while. It's Dan the Man, four eight five. Don't love know it. Any you know, man conge- is an animal. Any conject? Well, that's true. Okay, point taken. Dan <laughs> who? Dan is a man. Are Dan we going to talk man? evolution today? <laughs> <laughs> Old Testament. Uh, oh. Four eight five. Any conjectures about where the four eight five comes from? He was born April 85. Could be. I think it's actually the number of times he can say toy boat fast. But <laughs> Dan the Man says, he bright- we brighten his day. That was the subject line. Brightens my day. Okay. Hosts manage to make me smile or laugh every episode. Pretty good. Okay. So many subjects, beefs, I like it, and lists they cover are so relatable, except for some of Sam's. <laughs> Just kidding, he says. <laughs> oh, a little joke. A little I like that. Aaron, Matt, and Sam, you've talked about how you aspire to do what other podcasts do for you, making you feel like the hosts are your friends and that you're included in the conversation without actually contributing. I can say that without a doubt, no doubts, you accomplish this for your listeners with every episode you produce. Keep up the good work. That is a nice Dan the that Man. Is very sweet. That is 485. Nice yeah. Dan the Man 485. Wow. Joining the Pantheon with Love, Love, Bird, and Beagle Pig. Okay, we're going to do a segment called My Two Cents. Cha-ching! And what we're going to do is we pass around this bucket. We've crumpled topics into here. And we pull one out. And we have to give my, you know... A couple thoughts mm. about whatever topic mm. comes out of the bucket here. The person who draws it gives the thoughts, yeah. Yeah, and anyone else can chime in. Live theater. My two cents on live theater is I really enjoy it. And actually, uh, more recently, I've gone to more live kids theater than live theater. I guess I guess it's still live theater. Yeah. But, but that children are performing in... There's a Christian youth theater in this area, and we've got a couple of uh, children from Grant Springs who are involved with that, and they are remarkably well-produced and well-performed. It's been uh, a nice, pretty cheap ticket, and the shows are really good. So there's a free plug. That's awesome. (laughs) There you go. I love live theater, too. I just want to throw that out there. I like to think that I like it, but I don't do it enough. No. You know? Like I think I would, I think I like it when I go, but I don't make yeah. an effort to go. I'm gonna go see Jersey Boys in a few weeks. Oh. You heard of that, Jersey Boys? I've heard, heard of it. Sure. But I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, it's awesome. My last live theater was Hamilton. So was so was mine. 
Wow, that's a pretty good life theater. Yeah, yeah I saw it in Chicago. To, to see. It was awesome. Uh, Mine was Christian Youth Theater presents <laughs> Into the Woods. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good show. Aaron, give us your two cents. Someone really crumpled this one really well. Oral hygiene. Oh, wow. I've that was mine. I've got a lot. Of, <laughs> oh, I've got a lot. Not of a sense. fan. Don't care for it. Hey, I want to say something about. Uh, <laughs> I started brushing my teeth in the morning. Oh, well, yeah, Libby, you may not know this. Okay. This has come up on the podcast before. Yeah. Matt is incensed that Sam and I brush our teeth one time a day instead of twice a day. I'm yeah. not incensed. I'm repulsed. <laughs> Here, here's the thing. I was challenged to do this and uh, I did it twice and, you know, it was okay. It was fine. Yeah. I don't know if it changed anything. I don't it, know if my teeth are it, better. I think it's probably a long, it long, changed, the long it game. It changed my level of respect for you. It changed. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I just went to the dentist for the first time in like eight years. Uh-oh. And only two cavities. Oh, that's pretty good. I, I know. The dentist like looked at me and was like, well, you've got two cavities and we need to do a partial deep cleaning. He's, and he was kind of looking at me with that face like, this is pretty serious. And inside, <laughs> I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Eight years, I just robbed the bank. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't yeah. go for like five or six years. And when I went in, I had 11. Oh, man. Yeah. 11 cavities. Yeah, I didn't go in my 20s at all. Now I'm paying for it. So I'm going yeah. take care of that. Oh, really? really? So what happened when you went in? Well, just more cavities. And my gums, I didn't take care of my gums. In fact, I know this isn't a what's your beef segment, but my beef would be when you go to the dentist and they are stabbing at your teeth and your gums, they're just grinding away, and then your gums naturally bleed because they've been attacking you, and then they say, you haven't been taking care of your gums. Look, they're bleeding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been stabbing them. poking them at home. Poking them with metal prods. I I have been going to the dentist every six months, I think my entire life. Well, that that means you don't have to brush your teeth in the morning. That's what I think, too. And also, I don't need lectures from dentists. This is why I'm here. I'm here. You can clean my teeth. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't lecture me. (laughs) I'm just going to not show up, and that doesn't help anybody. Uh, Yeah, I'm all on board the oral height. I'm trying to floss now, and I'm getting better at that. Oh, yeah. Flossing is important. It's very satisfying. It is. Yeah. One time uh, someone said to me, I think it was a dentist, he said, yeah, only floss the teeth that you want to keep. (laughs) <laughs> and i was like <gasps> i want to keep all of them okay libby's turn okay uh, that was a good one libby Thanks. libby nice this is a folder this person folds the oh goose no. down pillows i love down pillows i love down blankets we have a down blanket called cloud and we don't need it much in california oh, it has a name wow. yeah because it's white and poofy and you feel like you're under a cloud. oh did you name it or was it named that uh, i think my maybe my husband or i don't know you named, <laughs> named your comforter yeah and then I, my pillow is named this is probably too personal but it's named lumpy because it's super lumpy and i love it and it was my husband's but i took it because that's that's what you're in for if you get married sam <laughs> i had no idea that Battles you were like piddles. that you were like naming your your uh well they're special betting so, yeah they get named it sounds like a band name lumpy in the cloud <laughs> yes <laughs> get on that Aaron. like a cartoon actually <laughs> that's really good okay here we go I'm gonna name my uh, I'm gonna name my sheets when I get home. <laughs> Flat, <laughs> flatty. <laughs> mine, is, mine would be named crumpled up. Constantly. Crumpy, crumpy. Okay, this was my own. Should I put it back? Well, you can do whatever you want. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna do my own here. Uh, mowing. Here's what I wrote. Mowing the lawn with bare feet. Good idea? Oh, what? Oh. 
No. You can weigh in on your own thing. Okay, here's what I think. I always have these like visions of like feet getting chopped up by the blades yeah. and they're just being blood all over <laughs> all over the lawn. This means and you're then having to be these a like parent. stumps and then you have these <laughs> like leftover the stumps. Every paranoid That's what I think of. Like I can't help it. But I've seen people do it and it just seems really risky. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? I mean, I don't think it would be something I recommend, but also what whatever started this particular vision for you? I don't know. You saw someone mowing barefoot? I've seen it before and I've tried it before. It's like oh, the warning. Tried I've tried it and it's very scary. Yeah, that the why? warning stickers make you visualize it though, right? On the lawnmower there'll be a picture of like, oh, a hand oh, being yeah, shot. You're right. <laughs> like, with an X through it. Don't do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, it's not something that's necessary for. But if you're a risk taker, if anyone's a risk taker out there, <laughs> just don't. No, we're not no, advocating do it, people. Do it. Most. If you're a risk taker, scars are cool, but not if they're from the lawnmower. You want to have a better story than that. Yeah, that's <laughs> All right, uh, this next one is umbrellas. Uh, really depends on your environment, on whether they're helpful or not. If you're in like a wind, a windy area. Forget just it. Don't even waste your time. Forget just it. Just throw it. Just open it and throw it away. <laughs> throw it into the air. <laughs> throw it that's down into the air. Let it fly away. Let it fly away. But if you're in an area and there's not much wind, very helpful to shield you. There have been some times, though, in a, in a more windy area where I've, like, had to hold my umbrella, like, sideways. And then you realize, like, your pants are just soaked. <laughs> because it wasn't shielding anything but that top half of you. So, uh, really kind of use-specific in terms of... Uh, yep. How helpful they are. Yep. They've always seemed a little bit dangerous to me. Lots of spindly, spindly metal pieces yeah, flying around. Eyes, eyes getting poked. Yes. Out. I always have this Feet vision. getting of, chopped off. Yes. Eyes <laughs> getting poked and then just bleeding. Also, one of the thought about umbrellas, there's like this romantic image, right? Of like the guy and the girl sharing an umbrella. I don't know how that works for most people, but for me and my wife, that does not work. No, it causes. I'm, I'm significantly taller than Rachel. And so if I'm holding the umbrella, it's way up high and she's not getting much coverage. If she's holding the umbrella, I've like crouched you down. You can't see it. Under you can't it. see. Yeah. yeah so well, I think in a marriage you're supposed to hold the umbrella for your spouse. Oh. Yeah, but then she doesn't then she's gonna get wet because it's gonna be up too high. Like the rain will just start coming in under it. That's the problem. I just remember a picture of um, President Obama holding the umbrella out over Michelle. Like, he wasn't even under it, I think, maybe because she just sort of... Well, that's that's more noble than obviously I am. I'm just trying to protect myself, and then Rachel gets wet. So maybe that's the strategy. I hold it just over her and just take take the rain. Yeah, you take the hit. Take the rain. All right, Libby, give us one. All right, here we go. We've got the perfect weight jacket. Um, Yeah, I feel really good about that. I like you the mean perfect like, weight jacket in the right circumstance. A light jacket oh, for light. Okay. cool weather and a heavy jacket for cold weather, I guess. Is that this was mine. I, I think they're <laughs> I don't hard. know what a weight jacket is. I think but... they're hard to find. I mean like, you know, like especially in kind of in between weather. Like we're not quite there because it's kind of winter, so a heavier jacket often is good. But as you're moving into spring and you want that jacket, you can take with you as the evening cools off. But then if it's getting too cold. Did you yeah. want to do this one, Matt? I'm just giving context. You're like so passionate think, about I think it. I what context. you're talking about, Matt, is a sweatshirt. So maybe get yourself a maybe that's it. We should change this on. segment to things I would like to talk about. <laughs> 
things I don't care what other people think about. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to explain why it matters, okay? okay? I like that Libby got two cozy things. She did. She got the bedding and now the jacket. Both, oh, yeah. both of which were mine. So that's kind of. Oh. Weird. I can't well. wait to crawl into Flatty tonight. <laughs> So we're going to do a conversation now, and um, of course, we have our special guest, Libby Backfish, who is um, hopefully going to lend a few insights. Professor along, Professor, who's going to lend some insights along the way. And we're going to be talking about the Old Testament, because Libby has studied that, she has taught that, and, and we all have questions about it. And I think a I lot think of... every Christian has Well, I was going to say a lot of Christians, everyone has questions about the Old Testament, about there's lots of crazy passages in the Old Testament. Um, God often it's said that God's portrayed kind of in an angry way, a wrathful way. There's lots of killing. There's lots of war. Sometimes it seems like God is, you know, instructing the Israelites to kill people, and a lot of people have questions about that. And then maybe part of the argument too is like we have the New Testament now. We have Jesus, so we have the Gospels. We have the New Testament letters, like. Do we even need to be reading the Old Testament? Like, does it have as much relevance today? And earlier you had said that you love teaching people about Jesus, mm -hmm. but I think that's interesting because you teach Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And Aaron, <clears throat> maybe... Yeah, well, I was, before we were recording, I was saying I had uh, a period of time in my life, like in my college years, where I thought the Old Testament, I was raised as a Christian, but like I... I I came to believe that the Old Testament was just sort of, you know, there's a lot of allegory, not a lot of literal stories, and none of it really was relevant to my salvation, basically, or to the gospel story as I understood it. So, I was, um, I've since kind of come around a little bit, uh, but I'd be, I would like to hear just kind of from the perspective, like, how do you have a conversation with somebody who might have a perspective like that? So, essentially, Libby, you're convincing Aaron this morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of listeners. Yes, and yeah. a lot of listeners, but Aaron is a doubter. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, I'm a doubter. I wouldn't say Are a hater. You're not, you're not hating on the Old Testament. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you love the Bible. I do. Okay, but yeah. you're not going to, like, do your morning devotions and open it up to First Kings. Not going right to First Kings or First or Chronicles or, or anything. Yeah, Deuteronomy. No, no. And I think if well, a I lot would of people just First Kings eight, Solomon's dedication of the temple. That is an awesome model of faithfulness and covenant commitment. Oh. So the question is: Is the Old Testament relevant, important? Right. And that's, that's that's I think what we're trying to ask. Yeah, yeah, and even I think people who don't necessarily doubt it, they live like they doubt it. You know, they don't, they don't practically um, see any relevance in it. So what I try to communicate to students and to anybody that I'm, that I'm teaching and engaging with is that the Old Testament is part of the entire story of God's redemption. It doesn't start with Christ coming. Why did Christ come? To fulfill all the promises of the Old Testament. Those promises were given to God's people because God's people were sinful and in need of redemption. So if we don't understand the context in which... Jesus came, we don't understand or appreciate why he came. And the New Testament itself is just saturated in Old Testament quotations and allusions that a lot of times go right over our heads because we don't know the Old Testament enough. But if we go back to those Old Testament allusions and quotations, it helps us understand what the New Testament writers are doing. That was their scripture. 
I love the famous passage in Luke 24 when the two disciples are walking to Emmaus, you know, and it's after the resurrection, and they're so confused. Because here they thought Jesus was the Messiah they had been waiting for, but he died, and how do they reconcile that with their hopes? And they see this guy, they don't recognize him, and we know it's Jesus as readers. And what does Jesus do to explain to them the gospel? He doesn't tell them everything that the gospel writers and the epistle writers will later write down. He opens up what we call the Old Testament scriptures to explain the gospel. So my argument is that we can't understand the gospel well unless we understand the whole story. I like to tell my students that the Old Testament is an incomplete story, but it's an essential story because we don't understand Jesus about it. Well, to piggyback on that, like we think that maybe these like New Testament churches that Paul started, you know, he's teaching them the Bible, but there was no Bible. So he's, well, there was. Well, there was, but, but it wasn't complete. He's yeah. making an argument for Christ mm-hmm. based on the Old Testament. He's mm-hmm. drawing out passages and saying, "This is all those Old Testament passages. It's Jesus," mm-hmm. which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah. What are some of the main themes of the Old Testament? What are the things that uh, recur over and over that help set up mm. the story of Jesus coming? Yeah, well, I think the, the main thing is the problem that's established right in Genesis 3. You know, God created everything good, and then boom, sin, sin um, destroys that relationship between humanity and God, between human and human, and even within ourselves. And so the whole rest of the Old Testament is unpacking God's plan of how he's going to rectify that. So that creation fall part of creation fall redemption mm-hmm. obviously happened like right away in yeah, Genesis. Yeah, and if, and if you don't have that played out in the Old Testament and understand that, then... Why do you really need Jesus? Aren't we, aren't we good enough? We're, right. we're good to go. We don't really need a savior. Right. So I think that that helps with that part. But in terms of themes that I think help us better understand what Christ came to fulfill, um, covenant is a theme that we see throughout scripture, this binding relationship. God wants to relate to his people. And so he goes out of his way to continually pull them up from the dregs and save them. And they continually sin so that by the time we get to Jesus, the fulfillment of that covenant we have a better so, understanding. So say a little bit, because I think for a, a lot of our listeners and maybe even in this room, you just introduced this idea of covenant mm-hmm. as probably a pretty important thread that's mm-hmm. going to tie together the Old Testament and the New Testament. It says something about God, mm-hmm. yep. but maybe just explain that a little bit more. So why did you gravitate to this idea of covenant yeah, and, I, and why and is I, that important? Yeah, some scholars think that there's one unifying theme for the whole Bible or the whole Testament. I think it's hard to nail that down, but covenant comes close. Maybe presence of God comes close and all these things are interrelated. But basically this relational aspect of God and people that also speaks to our role as imagers of God, what we're put here to do, glorify him, proclaim his plan of salvation and his love, um, and and how the Old Testament shows the presence of God coming closer and closer in that relationship until in the New Testament it's fulfilled essentially, you know, in Christ and then also at Pentecost when God's inside us. So all the stuff that went wrong um, in the early parts of history have been made right and amen in Christ. Based all, <clears throat> all based on God being a promise-making Covenant mm-hmm. who keeps his promises. Who keeps his yeah, promises. Israel so God, was making promises too, but they kept not keeping their promises again and again. So, which, which really, like, if you, you know, there, there's lots of reading that you can do on this, and more exploring you can do about the covenants, because there's various covenants or promises made where God has a part, we have a part as covenant partners with God. But it helps you understand a little bit when Jesus then at the Last Supper mm-hmm. says, "This cup is the new covenant." Mm-hmm. 
in my blood. So then Jesus is obviously pulling huh. from this idea of covenant and saying, now there's a new, a new partnership between God and men mm-hmm. where essentially God's going to do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what, you know, Jeremiah and Ezekiel have proclaimed before mm-hmm. that, you know, covenant's going to take a new form, a new radically different form where finally what disabled you from being faithful is going to be fixed. Your heart of stone is going to be made a heart of flesh. You can have a new heart. And that's what we see yeah. happening in the New Testament. It's like, it's kind of like God finally, I don't want to say God finally realizes, but it becomes evident that we'll never keep our side of the covenant, that we always break it. And God's in the new covenant mm-hmm. with Christ says, I'm, I'm going to do it all. <laughs> I'm going to do both sides of the covenant, fulfill the promise, yeah. which empowers us to be able to live for him. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is really good and really helpful and for some people probably reassuring, but then they open their Old Testaments and they read some strange stuff that isn't just talking about covenants and, God <laughs> and God's love and his presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, we were having such a nice, <laughs> a nice discussion. <laughs> I was so excited. I was Let's feeling pumped. Next time. <laughs> next I was ready to dive into the Old Testament again. And then... <laughs> well, that's what I was worried about. If you just dive in, you might find some stuff you're not expecting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of it. I mean... It's messy. It, it can get a little messy. How do we think about some of the messiness either you know there's a lot of war there's a lot of death well let's give an example like i know there are lots give us an example aaron (laughs) no it's my idea that we should give an example and then one of you would give an example well maybe libby can provide sort of a she's yeah so so the war the violence that shouldn't surprise us based on the sinful condition what might surprise someone opening their bible is that a lot of those come as commands from god to Go and um, eradicate the Canaanites, wipe out this people group, women, children, animals, everything. That's a command from God. Mm, yeah. Even the flood. We have pictures right. of Noah and the ark, and he's smiling. I don't know. We probably have him in the nursery here. Yeah. And it seems, We used you know, to. We painted over him. Okay, good. Good. Because it's kind of not no, a kid's story, all the, like, right? Dead bodies floating. <laughs> <in the water>. <laughs> <laughs> like that had to be a really ugly scene. Yeah. yeah. Cosmic, and at least in the language of Genesis 6 through 9, it's cosmic judgment. So I think that there's several ways that we need to approach those passages because I do not want people opening okay. the Old Testament. Libby, help us. Seeing those and, ah, and running away. The first is, whenever we see a passage that seems um, like God's revealing himself in a way that's contrary to Christ or contrary to the loving, happy Jesus that we know, we have to read it in the context of the whole scripture, so the theological context, and we have to ask ourselves, how do we reconcile this picture of God with everything else we know about God? Because by far the witness in the Bible is that God is loving, gracious, forgiving, and stuff. So I think that's important. But then we also have to read those trickier, messier passages with all of the interpretive tools that we have. So we have to think about what were the literary conventions of the time? So in ancient warfare, in ancient uh, Near Eastern warfare, there's a lot of hyperbole, a lot of exaggeration, like, yeah, we totally wiped him out, man. Mm Kind of like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, in sports, you would say that kind of language, right? We wiped Mm -hmm. him off the ball or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Libby, also coach (laughs) part-time. But that kind of language was was normal to just communicate a great defeat. So is that what's going on? Or is God accommodating, making himself understandable to the people of the time in ways that they would understand? Um, They understood um, deities as being warrior gods. So is that language that's maybe not literal, but just making himself known in ways that were understandable to them. So I think those things help understand the passage. And one of my pet peeves is that 
I don't think we as a generation or as a culture or something understand the gravity of sin mm. enough. Mm. We don't understand that we're, um, that, you know, that sin is a reality for everyone. You know, everyone's sinned and falls short of the glory of God and that the consequences of that is death. And so when we see these harsh judgment passages, and our first question is, wow, why does God judge some? That doesn't seem cool. Whereas Seems our a little, question, o- little overboard our, for, for my little sins, yeah. for, right. for cussing and a little gossip here and there. Right. Whereas the question should be, why does God save any? Right? If everyone deserves death, then the question should be, why does he save any? So that kind of flips it on the positive. Um, and then the last thing, I think that with these hard passages, I think a lot of us in this post-enlightenment era want solid answers for every single thing, and we mm. want them now. We want everything tied up neatly. And that's just not something we need to have right now. And I think a lot of the Old Testament saints and Jewish um, scholars are better at this, at just living with the mystery of some of these um, questions that aren't answered and being content not knowing. And that's not to say we can be lazy, but we're not going to answer that today with the information we have now. Mm-hmm. So There's even, even Aaron, in, was that helpful? Do you want to read the Old yeah, Testament I've got it, now? I've got it. <laughs> I'm totally turned around. <laughs> it's always a question of how do, how do we interpret Scripture? And we've had conversations about this. Mm-hmm. What is the genre? And is this a universal truth for all time or is it contextual? Was it meant for them at that particular period? So it's always a question of, is this a literal? Do we interpret this literally? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have something to say about that, Matt. I don't know. You can get bogged down also, um, unless you're an Old Testament scholar <laughs> like Livy. <Yeah. laughs> uh, you, the reality is to do some of that work, you also need certain sort of sets of tools, which I think is why it's so helpful, Livy, in your framework, you set up with, okay, first think broadly, and think big picture mm-hmm. um, before you're even getting to some of these questions about how do I interpret this literally or what? Because I would be more interested in asking questions like, what is God revealing about himself and the way he cares or interacts with his people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's a more important question than did 5,000 people actually die here? Mm-hmm. Now, some people get really hung up on that. Did 5,000 people die right. in this battle? And they sort of you know, hang their scholarship on that and say, if it's not historically accurate. But I think the Bible doesn't even seem to present itself as answering those questions. It's much more interested in these. Who is God? Who are we? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think even the first few chapters in Genesis are preoccupied with that question. Mm -hmm. Who is God? Who are we? How do we interact? What is God doing in our world? And you don't need special tools or expertise to answer those questions because it's accessible to anybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think what can be confusing about interpreting Old Testament um, is that there are there are things that are really useful today, like the Ten Commandments, that seems like like pretty literally you mm. can interpret these and have them be the laws and valuable ways to live a life following God. And then there's the other like little laws in Leviticus about that are sp- super specific and yeah. dated and, and don't make sense to us anymore. Like so. sewing together two different types of fabric. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and we're, we'd Abomination like, right there on your sweatshirt, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know like how to, like, okay, the Ten Commandments seem great, but I can't sew these two things together. And, mm-hmm. and so it can be confusing for someone. It can be confusing it and it can seem irrelevant. Like why read it if those laws don't apply to us as the church anymore? Yeah. 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 So, and you saw us wrestle through that with our kind of Sabbath talk. Yeah. Because we were kind of wrestling with the Ten Commandments. How do we think about them? Mm -hmm. How do they apply today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you all, I really appreciated how you were getting at the heart of what is the Sabbath law really getting at. Mm 
rather than the what can we do, what can we not do, you thought about it positively, what can we do, and what is its purpose? What is the spiritual purpose of this law to refresh us, to mm. recreate us? And I think that's a better approach to all the laws, including those mm. uh, weird laws, I call them funky laws, or just <laughs> that aren't um, binding on us anymore as the church, is to look at them individually and think, what's the spiritual principle behind this law? Because that even if it's not something we're commanded to do, it's something that teaches us about God or about us. So for example, in a couple places in Leviticus, I know 19 and I think in 23, there's a law where um, you can't harvest all your crop, right? You have to leave some on the outskirts. And that is totally irrelevant to me in terms of harvesting, because I'm not a farmer. <laughs> but the spiritual principle is 100% relevant to me because that's talking about social justice, about caring for the needy who would come and reap um, the leftovers. Gleaning. Gleaning, yeah. right. So it it's telling us, even in the New Covenant age, to be generous and to take care of people. So even those laws that are part of um, what people would call the civil law, or even the ceremonial law, like with all the ritual and the temple and tabernacle, they still have something to teach us, even if we're not practicing those things. Mm. Now, be, I'm curious because, you know, we might say, okay, it's Ten Commandments, those make sense to us. Mm -hmm. So we just we can just take those and without kind of any lens or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then the rest, we kind of have to apply this lens. What's the spiritual meaning? Is mm -hmm. that true or should all, should we be looking at it all through a lens or how do you kind of think about that? Yeah, I'm more inclined recently to look at them all through a lens. And I happen to think that all the Ten Commandments are still, there's the, you know, the easy to, con to think of them in their spiritual implications. But um, an older way of looking at the law, and I think it's a pretty reformed way, is to see the moral law as the Ten Commandments and that still binding. Then you separate out the civil law that was just for Israel as a government, and then the ceremonial law, which has been fulfilled in yep. Christ, the, the sacrifices. But I think a better way is to look at the laws individually and think about their spiritual significance. Well, you know, I think it's great for all our listeners to hear that Libby, I mean, she just explained that she used to see it this way, and now she's interpreting it this way. And there's always a growth process in this. And you're a professor, Oh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, so I, the, I don't think I'm wishy-washy, but I'm always growing. I'm always, yeah. Well, always trying to, to figure out what's yeah. a better way to kind of think about these. What's a better yeah. lens that I can use to help me understand these laws? So I think that's really helpful that you just modeled that for us. That, And we try to model that in the conversation here that, you know, we may come to a, maybe a few conclusions, but a lot of this is us wrestling through how do we think about this? How do we engage? You know, is there a better way? Is there a less better way? So... I like that you were you were talking about Libby the kind of finding the spiritual purpose behind some of the things in the Old Testament. So I'm actually just while you're talking, I was thinking again about the Old Testament and the funky laws. I think well, if we back out, it's we just don't have to back we don't have to back up quite as far to see the purpose of the Ten Commandments. But if mm. we back up even further and look at the funky laws, we can see oh, this is a way uh, that God's people, God wanted His people to kind of demonstrate their commitment and their faithfulness mm -hmm. to him, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think, Matt, I've heard you say they're set apartness. Like a lot of those funky laws were probably mm. made to set Israel apart. Made them different. Make than, them different yeah. than his special people. Hmm. I like that. Libby, um, I know you teach this course at, well, you're actually teaching it this semester, right? Old Testament something? Uh, theology of the Hebrew Bible okay. in a survey class. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering, like, uh, you know, at the end of the course, the end of the semester, three months, mm after teaching Old Testament, what, what, are the, what are the takeaways for your students? Like, you really want them to, the learning objectives, like, I really want them to, to be able to... Think theologically about the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And by think theologically, I mean, I want them to have the tools 
um, interpretive tools, know all the different approaches, and have the practice that we do in class of looking at a text and seeing connections of themes and ideas throughout the whole canon, being able to read it first with a lens um, of the original writer and recipients and how would it have been understood in its own context, but then how do we understand it as Christians? We can do both without damaging the original intent. So, yeah, that would be my goal. What would you say, Libby, to a student who takes this course and is successful in your course, so an A student, and they come to you at the end and say, oh, Professor Backfish, thank you so much for this course. I learned so much. I feel like I have a great grasp of the themes of the Old Testament. Now I can finally just read my New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> now I can tear my Bible Wait, in half. Is this student Aaron? <laughs> No, but my point being... No, I was uh, more of a B student. Okay. B plus. You know, someone who says, uh, I, like, practically speaking, I kind of understand the themes. I understand mm -hmm. how they're pointing to Jesus. Now I just want to spend time reading about Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah. Well, for one, I'd feel like a failure. But for two, <laughs> every everything we do in class, I'm not just showing them how covenant points to Jesus, how the sacrificial system points to Jesus. I'm showing them how it's a whole story that holds together. So you can't just look at the New Testament without looking at all those links behind. Mm -hmm. I give the analogy of it's like walking into a musical, like a live theater performance, in the middle of the performance, and you don't get the first part. So you're not going to get the setting, you're not going to get the conflict. Mm -hmm. So you can't, yeah, I would feel like a failure. Matt. So you tell them, <laughs> keep reading your Old Testament. If, if someone came to you and said, uh, I want to read my Old Testament, mm -hmm. but where do I start? What would you tell them? Oh, that's a good question, because I know a lot of people start in Genesis. They do great, and then about halfway through Exodus. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> in the New the Year, The tabernacle, right? So, right? Yeah, so this All is the Bible reading plans. plan, right? Read through your Bible in a year, and we're coming up, you know, February, we're in Joseph, March. Yeah. If you're in a typical plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the okay. laws are looming, so. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend that they necessarily go through chronologically, mm -hmm. but hopefully um, what I try to give my students is a framework of the story and how everything fits together so that they would have, they could just go straight to Isaiah because they would know where in Israel's history and where in the canon Isaiah fits. They would understand, uh, you know, the role of a prophet and they could read it fruitfully. Um, so you don't just start in Genesis necessarily. <laughs> but if you've never read Genesis, start there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Great. Can I hit on something again that you mentioned that I thought was really important? Um, <clears throat> and that is we're, we don't take sin very seriously as modern day Christians. And I think it's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those things that kind of irks me. Um, I think, I, hopefully, I think we do well uh, confession and worship here because mm -hmm. it's, I think a lot of churches are kind of scared to do that, and it's all very kind of positive, and, you know, Jesus is changing my life, and it's all about Jesus, which is great. But if you're not understanding him as someone who's redeeming you from sin, then it's kind of like, then, then the whole point of Christ coming is kind of like mm -hmm. muted. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I would just encourage you, <laughs> I'd encourage all the listeners to think about how <laughs> sinful they are. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How's that, uh, Dan the Man? <laughs> yeah, we're Brightening his Lovelock. day. Dan the Man 485? A brightened. The yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I, I like the idea that the Old Testament is teaching us how badly we need Jesus to come. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. That was my, my point. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate when that's incorporated into the liturgy and the worship of the church because I agree, Aaron, it's so important. More sermons on uh, Old Testament? Yes, yes no? more sermons on Old Testament. I think that pastors are sometimes, they don't, 
they don't know how to move from the Old Testament to the gospel. Not you all, other pastors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Libby. <laughs> so yes, more sermons, more Bible studies, all that stuff. Well, the place where the um, where the Old Testament probably mostly makes it into our liturgy is the Psalms. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be true of most churches that mm-hmm. maybe they're unsure about the Old Testament, but the Psalms, which mm-hmm. are in the Old Testament. The see, songbook. The right. songbook. Mm-hmm. songbook. And the Psalms are reflecting on a lot of the other parts of the Old Testament. There's five books of the Psalms corresponding to the five books of the Pentateuch or Torah, and it's Israel reflecting on it. So that would that's a good entryway that's a good into entryway the Old to Testament. Well, I mean, I feel like we can, we can go on and on, yeah. and probably we could even probably do a part two. So if any of our listeners out there have questions about the Old Testament yeah. or want to hear us talk about something specific, let us know and we'll invite Libby back. Maybe we'll invite you back anyways. <laughs> and, um, and then we'll have a part two conversation. We'd love to do that. So feel free to drop us a line. We Curious. always say we're going to do a part two or something. But and we did. we have yet. Sabbath. Oh, we did two Sabbath ones? Yeah. And interpreting okay. the Bible. And, and interpreting, interpreting the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. Aaron, uh, where have you I been? Retra- <laughs> I retract my, I tra- retract my criticism. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just... Libby, we're so glad that you were here. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you this was great. You guys are so much fun. Do we want to tell people where they can drop us a line if they're interested in sending us questions or sending us questions? Well, I think the answer Libby. to that is probably yes. Oh, Libby. I thought you were going to say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. People uh, can email us at curiouschurch at granitesprings.org or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash curiouschurch. And any of those places, they can kind of send us a note and we see all of that. And obviously, we read some of it on the air so it'd be great oh yeah we'll read it we'll read it on the air questions i'm gonna do a quick plug because i just um released the a recording of psalm 46 be still so that's up on haveaseatmusic.com so you can go get it for free haveaseatmusic.com nice yeah yeah that's That's great apropos well it's been uh, great i'm sam i'm libby i'm aaron and i'm matt thanks for being curious with us 